0: Look who's back. Three-point range. Back for another episode. Uh, appreciate your patience as we gathered ourselves and got jobs and won state championships. But we're here now. Uh, this is Mike Berardino, joined as always by the scout, the championship coach, Kimball Crosley, and the professor, Tim Cruthers, who will not lead us off this week. He wants to wait to the end, and I hope that we'll
1: at my under- peril.
0: We'll understand the wisdom of that when we get there. I think we're going to start off with my point here on three-point range, which is um, Jawan Howard. The whole Jawan Howard uh, incident, ugly, ugly moment in college basketball. Uh, he ends up with just a five-game suspension with an open-handed swat at the Wisconsin assistant coach after uh, you know all the details probably already dear listeners but um, uh, just I'm I'm a little stunned that first of all that that would be of all the coaches out there that might have that kind of moment I think we all know you wouldn't want to mess with Jawan Howard but he's a gentle giant I was around him a little bit with the Miami Heat in those championship years and perfect gentleman and of course wasn't playing a lot but uh, you know had a coaching mentality at that point and was, by all accounts, just a just a, a thinker and uh, certainly not a puncher. And that you can debate whether that was a punch or a swat, but it can't happen. And I really am stunned that Woody Hayes at Ohio State in another lifetime could punch a player, Charlie Bauman of Clemson, in the Gator Bowl. Ding.
2: Ding. ding. <laughs> but...
0: Um, you know that ended his career and so it sure felt like in the first uh, moments of seeing that video pop up on Twitter I wasn't watching the game live that that's it that's that's it for Juwan Howard and yet he releases he gets the five-game suspension and the Big Ten apparently had some say in that how that would go he could come back and coach in the postseason I don't know if a 14 and 11 team is trending toward the NCAA tournament but it could be trending toward uh, the, the NIT, but. Um, and so this is Juwan Howard's statement, and then let's talk about it. He said, After taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable both my actions and my words were, and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. He offered his sincerest apology to the players and the families, etc., and including the Wisconsin coach, Joel Krabenhoft, and his family, too. Uh, and then he said, lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student athletes. I will learn from my mistake, and this mistake will never happen again. No excuses! Exclamation point. I would say, as much respect as I have for Joan Ju- Howard, the player, and even the work he's done in these two and almost three full seasons at Michigan. I I don't think five games is enough. I think he should have been fired.
1: Well, first of all, could, could Joel Krabenhoft be, be an assistant coach for any other program, but Wisconsin, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a kind of cheese. Uh, and, uh, beyond that, uh, I, I wonder whether he said it'll never happen again. The last time it happened, which was—I uh, I don't know exactly. I haven't done done the research on this, but uh, I know there was an incident. It was either last year or the year before, with with uh, Maryland and Mark Turgeon, where he yeah. basically, uh, you know, threatened to attack him and uh, and showered him with expletives after after a a game and. I just, yeah, it, uh, I, I, you know, given, given uh, a little bit more time, I actually, you know, realized we were doing the podcast 30 seconds before the podcast started, but uh, I think it was last year, given more time, I would have loved to have done the research to, and maybe you can do this, Mike, while I'm talking to see if he said it'll it'll never happen again (laughs) after it happened that time. Um, that was pretty ugly and, uh, and you know, I'm all about the second chance, but now we're, in my mind, we're, we're, we're talking about third chances here. And I, you know, I've always respected John Howard as, as you seem to Mike, and thought honestly, that that was just an unbelievably good hire for Michigan. Uh, I mean, you know, he does, you know, he does in general represent, represent class and, and the ultimate Michigan man and being one of the, one of the Fab Five obviously doesn't hurt. And I thought that that was going to be a, a coup for Michigan because who wouldn't want to go play for one of the guys who, who, was, who was among the Fab Five? I mean, I know that young players probably uh, don't know that much about the Fab Five, but I, I still feel like that that's a legendary uh, brand that that uh, you could you could use as a as a recruiting cudgel, and Michigan obviously is sort of a sleeping giant anyway in basketball, and um, it just seemed like the perfect match. And now, uh, you know, I was willing to I was willing to to cut him some slack on the first one, um, but when it happens again, and this one was clearly worse, and when you look at the, what actually happened than the first time around, uh, that's when I start to start to wonder whether this, you know, whether this is more, more of a, uh, a trend than just a one-time thing. And he doesn't seem to be able to control his temper. And I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, just don't, I can't, I can't get with him on why he ended up trying to, trying to, uh, disc Greg Gard in the, in the, in the, sh- in the handshake line. Yeah. Greg Gard called a timeout with 15 seconds to go. It was under iffy circumstances, but it, it, but <laughs> to, to create something like that um, that, that occurred based on that, that occurrence, which I don't think is that much different than happens in a lot of games. I mean, a lot of coaches call timeouts in the last minute up to get their walk-ons in. I know that wasn't the case here, but uh, it didn't seem like an egregious use of a timeout by Greg Gard, and I think Juwan Howard was just pissed that his team was losing, or had lost, and uh, and completely overreacted, and it ended up being the cause for this. So yeah, it seems to me that that uh, I, I would agree that the that the punishment is a bit light under the circumstances. And uh, yeah, I think Juwan Howard's lucky to still have a job. But would you have fired him? I haven't put enough thought into it. Uh, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some arg- arguments in both directions um certainly suspended for the rest of the season um including any you know big 10 tournament which it sounds like he, he would be back for at this point um and uh yeah uh, any postseason that they might reach yeah it doesn't seem like he should be coaching anymore this year for sure
0: before kimball gives us the coaching perspective i will i did do some research there while that lengthy answer continued and thank you for stalling i was for, trying to yeah that I was outstanding
1: you, you, i think you'd get there eventually
0: <laughs> so it was last year at the big 10 tournament that uh a loaded michigan team uh went into that tournament played maryland and uh at some point uh, they had a coach uh shouting match between Turgeon, who's no longer in Maryland as well, um, or is no longer in Maryland, and Joan Howard was heard saying, I'll effing kill you. He said the whole word yeah. and um reportedly. And his statement afterwards included, now I'm remembering this, he said, uh, Turgeon saw that I was out of the coaching box. He tells the referee to look at my feet. I'm out of the box, etc. And he didn't like that he brought that up. And uh so Joanne said to the reporters, he said, I don't know how you guys were raised, but how I was raised by my grandmother and also by Chicago. I was raised by Chicago. I grew up on the south side. When guys charge you, it's time to defend yourself. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 at some point you go from player who has to occasionally have sharp elbows or often uh, to coach who's representing an entire university in this case. Um, and uh, you, you just have to make that transition. You can't have these things happen. I uh, Obviously John Cheney back in the day, the late John Cheney threatened to kill uh, after a press conference. He said he told he would kill John Calipari that, uh, and he did seem in that moment ready to kill John Ch- Calipari. But um, this was uh this was, I, I, the words of a year ago don't match up at all for me with the action of yesterday, uh, with that, um, with that SWAT. And, um, it was, it just really, it just brought to mind the malice at the palace, even though this game was in Wisconsin, you just see <laughs> Michigan air, and are, right down team. the road. <laughs> I, 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 I watched the documentary and it, it, that was among the worst incidents in the sports history, um. Uh, and that this thing could have gone off the rails similarly, but to fortunately, uh, meta world peace was not on the roster. So, uh, Kimball, you, uh, you right. fire jo- Joan Howard yeah.
1: today. Well, let me transition into Kimball's Kimball's, uh, yes. opinion on this because it hasn't been properly celebrated. No, you couldn't ask for, for a better, uh, a better person to discuss this with because he, you know, our, 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 uh, our man has 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 just pulled off the the Division II freshman championship of, of Rhode Island, uh, and so surely you have you have drawn the ire of many a coach of freshman te- of freshman teams in Rhode Island, and perhaps there's been an incident. In fact, you talked about it in yes. diary of a freshman it's coach so episode, nine. Exactly. episode nine or something. Um, so yeah, let what, what what say you?
2: All right. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that uh, I, you know, I think in terms of firing, you know, and, and when I think of a lot of these things with firing, you know, it's so much up to like what you really know about the person, and you know, when you sit in that office with that person, you know, when the boss sits in or the, you know, the bosses sit in and they, they talk to him and and they get a feel for who he is and and you know, I know those two incidents, um, you know, stand out pretty bad but you know we don't know what he's really like and 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 when you fire someone it means you don't trust them going forward and maybe they do so but i do agree with tim that you know i think it's always funny when there's this punishment that's like in sports does this a lot like we're going to give you a two-game suspension conveniently those are our two non-league games and you'll be back for league games or something like that (laughs) in this case it's like oh the regular season but you'll be back for the tournament so yeah it seemed like it, it, maybe the, the correct punishment in this case would have been like, just go home for the rest of the season and think about it, you know? Um, So, but going, it, it's actually uh more close to home than you realize, because the team we defeated in the title game yesterday was in fact the team uh, we played earlier this season where this very situation came up, not the violence. I'm, I'm a non-violent person and, and it's never right to strike anyone. Oh, let me just also say that part of why I don't think it's that extreme, guys, is it's coach on coach. Woody Hayes punching a player, an opposing player. You know, coach on coach, couple guys that are getting in each other's faces, two grown men. I think that that's going to be looked on as as less severe than... Players than, were know.
0: in that scrum, though. No, 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 no. you could and, have struck a player. No,
2: it's, that's a bad example. And yes, but like, yeah, and if he had to tongue- take a swing at a player, I think you know, he'd be gone for sure. But I think when coaches are yelling at each other and in each other's faces and acting like jerks anyway. So, all right. So what happened with my guy is early in the season, we were playing them and he said, you know, like, look, if, if the score gets out of hand, you know, go easy on me. And and so I had a really good team, but I did not have a good bench. So we were up big and I, I was playing my bench and late in the game, he was pressing and trapping my bench. And I thought, you don't get it both ways. You know, you don't, when, when I when I call off the dogs, you can't call on your dogs. And and if you do, then don't blame me for going back to my dogs or trying to like help my kids that are now, you know, under duress. Fight, so, fight, fight. No, but that's the very example that happened because you can't be they were pressing. Juwan Howard can't say, how dare you call timeout and try and break our press. When all we're doing is pressing, if you want to say, "Look, this game is over. Let the subs play. Let's just work on fundamentals," you know. But you can't say, "Like, oh, how dare you call a timeout to not get a 10-second violation so that you can beat our press? You should have just let us have the ball back and let us score again, even though it's like, look, the game's. You either think it's over, or it's not, and, right. and 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 that's that's that was the point I was making way back when when um we played that that team before. And, and I was glad, you know, in a way I was worried it might come up in the championship game again because, you know, again, my bench was really bad. And if we got a lead and and he was like expecting me to like cough the dogs and then he started like <laughs> cutting into that lead, I was like, this is going to be an awkward situation. But, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it was a relatively close game, very close game pretty much throughout. So that never happened. But yeah, that that's the part of it that was so funny to me. I, and I just thought, you know, I in, I was kind of on Gray Guards' side on that situation, like, and and in fact, that's what he's trying to explain to him. Like, hey, buddy, you can't blame me for pulling a timeout to to break your press when you're pressing. You know, you can't have it both ways. But of course, they both acted like fools and got physical, and 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 as did about ten other assistant coaches, right? And then about twenty, thirty other players. So that was obviously a very ugly situation.
1: I hope Ener J and Cam men are listening to this. <laughs> They're never going to recover psychologically from the why trash. You just trashed your bench they, twice. They, they oh, were guys. You know, you my said bench
2: coach. My bench knew how limited they were. We talked about it. They they were first year players. They were very raw, um, and, uh, and and I don't think they uh, would take too much uh, offense.
0: They're not listening. They now. Um, um, <laughs> As it happens, the only entry of Diary of a Freshman Coach that I read all the way through, I I totally plan to go back and read all of them, but now <laughs> it has to do with the championship season. But it was that one, and uh, and I believe the coach chided It wasn't to, that one. You, I thought you needed to learn to play zone.
2: That's two different games. Two but different but games.
0: Okay. Well, similar read,
2: Similar idea. I must read idea.
0: two. And uh, so that's a different, this was not the same coach who said no. to play zone. So you right. had problems with
2: two coaches <laughs> during the year. Yeah, it was, a, it was a similar idea. Like we were beating him really bad. Fire Kimball, and he was saying like, you know, maybe you could play a zone so you wouldn't beat us so badly. <laughs> I'm saying like, yeah. you know, I'm trying to make my team better and my bench players better, and we play man to man. Like I can't worry about you know your needs that much. And and I was and and that's why I said like, the reason we're beating you so bad is we're playing you're you're playing zone and we're hitting threes all over you maybe you should play man so that was more tongue-in-cheek um than anything because i i i think it's a dean smith motto and tim probably knows this quote directly off the top of his head or something but like it's like you know i'll coach my team and you coach yours and i i really believe that when you're coaching like i'm sure to- that was from hoosiers <laughs> <laughs> that was from hoosiers mm-hmm. yeah. actually actually, dean though dean roy said something very similar one day, uh, and it was stuck in my head, but yeah, that's a good point. I, I no, it Dean was.
1: and Kay had a had a, uh, a brouhaha over oh, that about not talking to went. my yeah. players. Yeah, no, but
2: no, no, but it was. But think about it it's the Montrose game where Gerald Henderson hit him over the nose, and 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 do uh, Krzyzewski was like, I don't know what he's doing in the game. It's like, well, what's Gerald Henderson doing in the game? Was I think, um, and was it Dean or Roy at the time? I guess it was Dean said, you know, like. Like you're you're still trying to get back in the game. How can you blame me for trying to protect my lead? Like you can't have it both ways.
0: Wow, well, we and just we just jumped over multiple decades there, I think. But uh, but uh, you might be thinking, was that Hansbro? Maybe I'm maybe I'm confused. Oh yeah, here. good it point. Hansbro like, and that's Henderson. the
2: memory thing. Your memory, you can come up with Bowman, and I can't even remember Hansbro. <laughs> oh.
0: But they, their their mantra too
1: was bloodied. Um, well. All right,
0: so can, we, can we just two, skip
1: point two because we've got to be well, we've gotta be almost done here after
0: well, that. Point uh two point two is gonna be real tight because it's we're going back to Kimball and it's has to do with I think a general idea, but uh go ahead.
2: Well you'll see. So in fact in if you if you go through my point too fast, then you're kind of making my point. All right, my point is this. Did we move t- on too fast for matthew stafford did matthew stafford move on too fast okay and uh, you know what i'm talking about is everyone knows uh what happened in that celebration that parade when uh, the reporter fell off the stage and matthew stafford you know sheepishly turned his back and walked away and he got so much negative publicity for that but i'm i'm here in a way to defend matthew stafford uh in that like that became the story and it was all forgotten. The great story that was Matthew Stafford winning the Super Bowl after years of horrible, you know, uh, playing or teammates and teams in in Detroit. And you know, I I want to talk about like how quickly we move on from stories, and and how it's it's it's. I wish that it wasn't the case in sports. I don't know how maybe to avoid it, but you know, it's day two after the Super Bowl. Uh, we're already talking about who's the odds. Well, 15 minutes after the Super Bowl, we're talking about who's the odds on favorite to win the next one. And day two of after the Super Bowl, we're talking about where's Aaron Rodgers going to play next year, Tom Brady, or this and that. And it it just seems like we don't really sit and enjoy what we saw. Like, you know, the, the Super Bowl happens or any championship. And like I would say to you, guys, think about the Braves World Series win last year. And we kind of it happened. It was amazing when it went on, and, and it really is remarkable that the Braves, you know, pulled it off. And it's like, oh yeah, like uh, the next day it's kind of forgotten. Or even the Bucks winning the NBA championship. Do you feel the same thing? Do you feel like we just move on too fast? And and is it what is it a sign of? It I mean, is it just because hey, what's the story? Oh yeah, the Braves won the World Series. Oh yeah, the Braves won the World Series. Or you know, it's much more interesting to write the next story. Um, how do you guys feel about that, Tim?
1: Uh, I, I haven't really thought about it honestly, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think you make a fair point. I mean, yeah, it's I think we spend way more way more time uh, anticipating things happening and talking about you know the the Super Bowl. In a normal year, gets you know just two weeks of pre-game coverage ad nauseum and I can't say that two weeks after the Super Bowl um, we're really still talking about the Super Bowl, so I guess that's one way to look at it um, yeah, I don't think it's a I don't think it's something that that has really uh, yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's not something I've thought put any thought into or really had it register with me but I think you're, I think you're right I think that's a fair point.
2: Do you think as a journalist, like if you, and now Mike, now that Mike, congratulations, Mike is, is back being a full-time journalist, um, you know, is is it a challenge to write that story? You know, for example, like, is it a challenge to, to, uh, you know, come up with another way to, to celebrate a championship and, and go into detail um, about it? You know, do you think it's like, oh, the reason it's that way is because the market wants the next story. They want Look at next year's odds, and not talk about that. And even though, like, there's nothing. I I detest like um, all the hype before the Super Bowl. Like, I would so much rather read a story afterwards that had some substance about how it happened than conjecture about what might happen. But I don't know what you think.
0: Well, we, we're we're certainly in the twenty four seven news cycle. It been for a while, and we're certainly in the the area where any story that hits the the internet it has a certain shelf life and that shelf life gets shorter and shorter. I I um. I was surprised to hear today. I was talking to the to the uh, my future teammate. He's going to start in mid May or mid March here at the uh, South Bend Tribune, Fernando Ramirez, and he was covering the Super Bowl. And <laughs> he said one of the things, Ding, one of the things that happened after the game is shocked me was that the Rams only brought out five players for post-game interviews, five. And usually after Super Bowl, winners and losers flood the zone. It's, you know, it's little tables are set up and and player after player comes out in full uniform and, and you get a good 10 or 12 different people providing perspective, I think, at least eight. But five seemed a little light, especially for the winners. Apparently they were already getting their drink on. Uh, and of course, it's also disturbing that these victory parades have become increasingly uh soaked in alcohol but uh spring
1: break yeah Uh it's
0: it's really out of out of control but um uh it's a if you want uh analysis and you want the ability to write the follow story which i always enjoyed far more than the deadline impossible story that you might have you know a couple minutes to throw in a quote on um i i think that all plays into it if if it was going to be very hard to get uh, interviews t- to have that sort of perspective from the participants. I mean, Eric Weddle has been a nice piece of that going forward. He's going to coach high school football now, and and people have ding. been able to do some of that. I don't think that's a ding. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing would be, you know, the, Tim could speak to this, but in this point that's supposed to be short, one of the things you always look forward to Super Bowl-wise was that Sports Illustrated story that would come out in a matter of days that would be have a chance to be the definitive right. look back The they were in. Invariably, the writer of the story would get the extra access post-game victory party with the quarterback, whatever, hours after the game, interviewing the family. Interviewing the coaches, getting the story behind the story—we don't, because Sports Illustrated isn't what it was and probably never will be again, and because we're just so—we're allowed to just be spun forward, spun forward, spun forward by the the yell fests on TV. We don't have that. We don't have that uh, opportunity to luxuriate in what Kimball's suggesting, which is the greatness and the magnitude, and to put it in perspective. What? Who's going to have the access or the time to put it in perspective? There is, you know, the athletic potentially, but there's um, with five players being made available post-game. it's pretty hard to imagine anybody was inviting the reporter up to Matthew Stafford's victory suite. So uh, I think the times have changed and it's going to be harder and harder to to look back. It's easier to look forward and speculate.
1: Well, I'm glad Mike that you now have have a job back in the business so you can change this maybe yes. by yourself. Yes. But uh, I do feel like that, you know, let's be honest, most journalists are lazy pieces of toast and they don't really work work very hard. So when we are spoon-fed stories for 2 weeks before every Super Bowl, we don't have to do anything. We can just we can just sit there and and go to media day and soak up soak up some stories and then and then move on to the next day. It's all very easy. There's a press conference every day of some sort. You know, we don't have to work at all. And uh, but once it's over with, and everybody spreads out and goes their separate ways, then it becomes. Then you actually have to do a little work to to uh, to track people down. And you know, you're not you're not just handed these interviews like you are in the two weeks before the game. So I think that might be part of it. Is that uh, you know, it, it's just. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, we're not the the most diligent crew these days. And it's got only gotten worse over, you know, the last few years. And uh, I don't, you know, I I just don't, don't think we have that many, you know, that many people who are willing to dig the way we would have dug back in the Sports Illustrated days. Uh, A lot of that stuff was dug out before the game ever happened. Just so you know, Um, you know, we would. We would have six different stories potentially in the can waiting for the game to happen, and a lot of it was already was already pre-reported. Uh, and then we would we would stuff on the uh, you know that post game party party scene at the end. Um, but the way that was done was just a lot of grinding before the game ever happened. and uh, that's not the kind of grinding that is generally happening these days anywhere that I can see. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, so it's certainly a a high bar you've set there. We're two thirds of the way through. We had two very in-depth points. We did not expect to have the second one go as long, but this is three point range and we appreciate you uh, listening, finding us on the podcast dial. Um, Three-point range, the Facebook page goes on. Three-point range, the substack goes on. It's going to have a life after uh, Diary of a Freshman Coach, I trust. And uh, you can find this podcast, this one, and all the prior ones, uh, 50-plus versions of this, uh, of us uh, taking you into into places where perhaps you don't normally go as a sports consumer, Um, giving you something to think about. And we hope you enjoy that each week that we get together to attempt this and you can find that at google podcast stitcher uh spotify uh asterisk and and on so amazon podcast as well let's um let's go to our final point now and that will be the professor
1: i hate being in the third spot because i can see that the the ticking time bomb is about to go off at any second and then who knows how much of a, of my point our audience will be able to enjoy? But uh, let me let me uh, you know wrap this all together on in one big bow, and that is, you know, Juwan Howard had a had a bad day, and uh, Matthew Stafford when when the whole photographer thing happened pretty much had a bad day, um, but neither of them had a bad day like Michaela Moore had a bad day, uh, in this weekend's. Uh, US women's national team soccer game against New Zealand. Um, I know you guys were both riveted by that particular game and in the game, um, for those of you who might have missed it and I don't know how you could, um, Michaela Moore, a defense defender for, for the New Zealand national team, um, scored not one, not two, but three own goals. Oh my god. Uh, oh. and all in, all in the first 36 minutes of the game, three own goals. The, at one point, the score was three to nothing. And all of the goals had been scored on her own goal by Michaela Moore. Um, my crack research staff has not been able to turn up any other instances of this. There was a, there was a Belgian guy named Stan van de Bruyce, Ding. um, who, uh, <laughs> well, I have to, I mean, I got to bring up his name cause it's research. Ding. who supposedly scored three own goals in in one game but but the if you go back and look at the tape which of course i have you you find that uh, one of those goals was actually put in by an attacking player so not a legitimate what we will would call the the uh anti-hat trick um and Mikhail had Mikhailid, excellent uh versatility she put one own goal in with her right foot one with her left foot and one with her head that's that's not easy to do, so um, they mercifully took her out of the game about five minutes later, so she wouldn't score any more goals on her own on her own net. But um, but in the annals of bad days, and this goes back a few podcasts, when you were talking about the the poor ski jumper, the agony of defeat, I, I would I would say that this that this qualifies above anything that 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 poor ski jumper uh, did that day. In terms of having a having a rough day, I mean, this was just um, this was just gut wrenching to watch um, this poor this poor girl. And obviously, it's just bad luck in three in three cases. At no point was she actually trying to put the ball in her own net. Um, not like uh, my research shows that uh, that the uh, at one point there was a game in Madagascar where a team scored 149 goals in their own goal. But that was what? a protest that was a protest uh, of some sort so um yeah there were 149 on goals and I'm guessing that at least that somebody probably had 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 their own own goal hat- trick in that game but uh but yeah uh, I I would ask you guys you know look to look back at your day and say you know what's the worst thing that happened to you today and and understand that that it really pales in comparison to to what happened to uh, michaela Moore over the weekend and I, I I can't find any instance of this ever happening um before, and I wonder whether legitimately it would it would ever happen again. It's almost impossible to do what she did and she did it in in thirty six minutes so bravo michaela Moore. What do you
2: think well, you know it's funny because the the own goal in soccer is um you know not as bad as as people think in a funny way I mean three is outrageous. But you know, it it it's it it happens quite often in soccer, relatively often, because it's it's a defensive ploy. Like we often see, you know, the, a defender just saying, "I better clear it out of my own end and and over the crossbar." And yet, yeah, so it's it it's not like a wrong way regal. There you go, Mike. Yeah, um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, throwing a touchdown on his own Play team. Wrong eagles. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that that is outrageous. Uh, and then talk about a story we shouldn't move on from. I mean, that that should live on <laughs> for ages. Well, I, I that's what on. I'm
1: afraid of. I was curious to see what sort of legs this story might have, and whether this would really become. Because as I was watching it, I was thinking, surely this has never happened before, ever in sports. And it says something, I guess, about the unfortunately the level of popularity of women's soccer, that uh, while it you know it's been on. On the ESPN headlines on ESPN.com for for a while now, um, it doesn't seem to have the way I I thought it might, and um, and I, I'm very curious to see whether you know whether this story does have any legs and whether this is something that that will get that will get followed up on.
2: Right, um, you know, because I did like when you mentioned it, I was like, wait, I heard something about that, but but I I, I heard it more like just maybe the filtering I did was. Oh, three own goals! I thought three own goals for a team over the course of the Olympics, or mm. over some period. Like maybe she had done it three times over the last year. The fact that someone did it three times in thirty-six minutes—it's
0: astounding. Uh, I, uh, someone should check her uh, DraftKings account. I think uh, the worst—you know—talk about cringe. I'm—I was cringing just just hearing that. I have to think the worst, uh, the most cringeworthy event that I cover, personal performance that I covered would have been Dan Ugla. And I'm looking this up just to refresh my memory. 2008 All-Star game at Yankee Stadium. I was covering the Marlins. Uh, No matter what Dan Ugla did in that game, I was going to want to talk to him after the game. Unfortunately, that was the game, you may recall, that uh, he committed three errors at second base, um, two in the 10th inning, one in the 13th. So all three errors were in extra innings after he was put in the game late. He also struck out three times in four at bats. And then, and you know, it was like 2 a.m. whenever that game ended. That is nothing. The, it was incredible. It was incredible nothing compared inning. to
1: three odd goals. That, you know, I did have,
2: in, in my 30 years of coaching, I, I had one player um, score, on, uh, score on his own basket. Um, you know, and it's classically on a sideline inbound, and he just got sort of turned around and thought he was the heck, got a breakaway layup, and you know, it was too late. But oh my so-
1: god, well, all of us have been wreck coaches at times, and I, I, would, I was shocked when that didn't happen in a game in wreck <laughs>
2: basketball, right? Right, but maybe, other- um,
0: you know, when somebody uh knocks the ball in by mistake in basketball into their own basket, they're not assessed some sort of own goal there it's just a well, that's what I'm
2: saying like and in hockey too I the believe the nearest
0: player on the offensive team right right in that.
2: hockey too it, it goes off your skate or yeah. whatever and, and so yeah. I think that's what I'm saying like soccer there should be some you know we should have some uh empathy for yeah let's you know, do it three times three times Mike though
0: just <laughs> do away times. with the own goal and of course the Escobar uh thing for Colombia. uh you know the poor man was was murdered for that that was a
1: now you're bringing us down. This was supposed to be that, the yeah. comic relief, you man. Thanks, this was that supposed to be the comic relief.
0: Led to his demise. <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's not, just go, hope there. Let's not go there. Cooler heads prevail in President Jacinda's world in New Zealand, and I'm sure that they will. Uh, yeah. uh,
1: let me wrap this up though by saying yeah. that back to Kimball's point, real quick, before our time runs out. Yeah. Um, I think the true test of Kimball's point on whether this, you know, whether whether things have any. Any life beyond the championship moment will be whether we get any more diary of a freshman coach. I mean, that this is the, this is the, the true test. I mean, we've got 463 installments before the championship. <laughs> are we going to get any more after the championship? Or are you just going to, to sort of follow the mode of everything that all no, what you, you've just you, been
2: complaining about? You will get a little bit more. You I'll tell you be. what
1: else
0: you're gonna get. We're, we're currently Sweet. looking into the living arrangements of all those players. We've now seen their photos and we're getting IDs. So we're gonna make sure they're all living in a proper area to to attend your school or that no one had paid for them to go to your school
1: and <laughs> yeah. that you had man, to send them to your school.
0: So we're looking into it. <laughs> you are
1: bringing us down. Sorry, Super J. It's not it's, That's Mike talking right there, not not us. We're we're with you, man. I
0: just—I don't believe Kimball could coach a legit team to a 15-0 and 0 championship run like that without, you know, bending a few rules along the way. Wow.
1: Here we yep. go, and the South Bend Tribune is on the case. Yep. He has not
0: denied it. Let's go for, for it, Mike. Let's go us, for
2: it, Mike. Get... Investigate us.
0: <laughs> I'll effing kill you. But right <laughs> on, wow, that's uh, thats uh, thats just John Cheney. That's the John Cheney in me.
2: He's got oh, his so I... journalism edge back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so, everybody, thanks for listening to this. We're going to get out of here before we say anything else crazy. Uh, nd insider. Before you say
1: anything else crazy.
0: NDinsider.com. That's, that's uh, where we'd all like you to turn your attention. Uh, you guys need to subscribe. It's just $5 a month. I'll be doing a podcast with them coming up as well. I'm still working what? to do this podcast with you we have a much more successful podcast i'll be inheriting there but i think there's going to be a symbiosis that's my hope with the pot of gold and three point range i think we can make it work
1: I do. are you going to be promoting this podcast on that podcast i hope to yes i do hope, hope to you better i hope to
0: how's better.
1: that how's that we're not promoting your pot your notre dame pro- podcast on this one if you're not oh, promoting I, ours
0: oh i think we are uh, but, uh, it hasn't started yet, but I did get Fernando Ramirez into this and I hope people will follow him on Twitter Ding. as well as myself. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. And I, it's, you know, we didn't run out of time apparently. So, uh, yes. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.